If you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Horse welfare and safety are of utmost importance where humans have any interaction with horses. Within the courses at International Horse College, we only utilise methods that promote safe and humane ways of interaction between horses and humans. We only support safe methods of educating riders, handlers and trainers about horse welfare. Internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Our guest today on Horse Chats is Larissa Bilston. Larissa's already been with us before. If you want to go back and have a listen to her previous episode, number 120, or just go to horsechats.com and search for Larissa. Larissa, how are you today? I'm well, thanks, Gladys. You're looking forward to telling us the 10 points to help you feed your horse for better, for less? I am indeed. I think um, I think quite often we... We end up feeding our horses diets that are that are quite good, but we can often do even an even better job and it costs us less money if we understand how to break down and look at the diet in its pieces. Yeah, yeah, and if we could all save money, we can um, save money on some things and spend it on others. But, you know, if we can cut down our cost, then we can always go and get another horse, can't we? Yeah. Well, that's right. <laughs> you know, horse feed <laughs> a is, a, is a week weight cost, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. All right, anyway, let's get started. But before we do that, tell me why you chose this subject. Why is it so important to talk about this subject? I think a lot of people are falling into the trap of believing that they need to feed a particular feed Mm -hmm. without really understanding um, what function each feed is playing in the diet. So part of my mission is to educate horse owners so that they can feed their horses better and, yep. and have healthier horses as a result. Um, so, and, you know, drought conditions too. Everyone's watching every dollar they've got. Our hay is costing us more than than it has done for many years and, and um, most horse owners are, are struggling with, with the cost of feed. So anything we can do to save a bit of money there is, is um, usually well appreciated by horse owners no matter where they are. Yep, yep. Okay, so the first point is to know what your horse's nutritional requirements are. How can we find that out? Okay, so probably the best place to get this information from is a book called The Nutrient Requirements of Horses, which is published by the NRC. The NRC is a a body basically made up of, of experts from around the world, and they review the scientific literature and publish a a guide every seven to ten years. Um, so, 2007 was the last the last time they reviewed the uh, horse nutrient requirements. And what they've done is they've gone through the science and they've looked at what the nutritional needs are for horses. Um, and it depends on how old the horse is, how big it is, how much work it does. So the the NRC book is probably the best place to get your horse's nutritional requirements from. There'll be there'll be other places on the web. Yep, yeah. This sounds like a good good place to go to. And and as you say, if it's got the scientific research, that's 
that's important. It's easy to just jump on the internet and, you know, get what Joe Bloggs down the road says. But if it's backed by science, backed by studies that show, and does it say, you know, talks about the different requirements for horses around the world, you know, because there are different requirements. What one horse will need is going to be different to another horse of the same size is going to need. Yeah, and and unfortunately, science just doesn't pin down that level of detail. Mm-hmm. So we work on we work on those those nutrient requirements as a guide, yep. um, and accept that there'll be differences between breeds. There'll be mm-hmm. differences between individuals based on their their rate of metabolism. You know, one horse will be fat um, on on a diet that that another one is losing weight on. So. That's just individual differences. And as owners, we just have to develop a really good eye for whether our horse is getting enough enough calories to hold weight. Mm-hmm. And that's it, isn't it? It's developing that eye is part of the experience that you gain. I, I think that's one of the most important things that a horse owner has to do is, mm. is have an eye for is my horse gaining weight, is my horse losing weight, or is it staying the same? And it can change in the blink of an eye. The the quality of the grass um, can change in the, in a, the course of a week, and that can have a huge impact on on whether your horse is gaining or losing weight. Yep. Yep. Obviously, if the workload changes as well, you know, if you um, go on holidays and your horse is out of work for a couple of weeks, and the feed doesn't change, you would expect that the horse would gain some weight. Um, and likewise for, I suppose, school kids on school holidays, their mm. horses usually get worked a fair bit harder then. So they sure. may lose weight if the calorie um, input into the horse isn't increased to, to cope with the change in work. All right. Now, the next tip you've got for us is to analyse the current diet so you can work out how to improve it. That's right. So once we once we've identified what our horse's nutritional needs are, and the NRC book helps us um, estimate the calories, and um, it's called energy, but I'm not talking about energy as in my horse feels really excited and stirred up and wants to wants to gallop. I'm talking about energy as calories, so mm-hmm. the energy input from the food, um, the protein, most of the um, vitamins and minerals that horses require. Once we know what the horse needs, we've then got to have a look at at whether we're actually putting those into the horse with the current ration. Mm-hmm. So um, there are various software packages out there. The NRC actually has one that helps you analyse the diet, and that's free, but you will need to input um, a lot of your feeds data. Feed Excel is a fantastic tool in Australia um, for us to analyse our horse's current diet. Okay. Um, and, and that just allows us to stack it up against whether it's whether it's giving the horse all the minerals that it needs, whether it's likely to be giving it enough energy, enough protein, and enough vitamins. Good, good. And and obviously, if if it's not, if there are shortfalls, well, yep. we need to address those. Okay, yep. okay. So you've got to feed forage as the basis of the horse's diet. You've talked about you know becoming more knowledgeable about horses' roughage and doing a mineral analysis, but what do we do if there's not enough grass? You know, I mean, just tell us a bit more about the forage and the roughage and and what else we need to know about it. Sure. So horses evolve to eat forage. 
their gut is designed to have um, roughage trickling through it pretty much constantly, most of the time. You know, horses, as they evolve, would have been roaming plains. They would have been grazing, walking, moving slowly, um, and not just eating grass either. They would have been browsing on, on different plants as well, but just the trickle the trickle feed through the gut is really, really important for horses to, to maintain a healthy gut. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we're formulating a, a healthy diet for our horses, we need to start off feeding whatever forage we've got available. Now, it's lovely if you've got a paddock full of grass and your horse can eat as much grass as he wants to all day, but what do we do when, when the grass runs out? You know, quite often there the situations we keep our horses in. We've got overgrazing, we've got um, drought conditions, we've always got fences up, so that limits how much how much access to, to roughage our horses have. Um, so, you know, provided your horse is not laminitic and we're not dealing with any metabolic syndromes, provided Mm -hmm. we're just feeding a normal healthy horse, we want as much of that horse's intake to be forage as we can manage so that the horse is eating almost all the time. They can can develop gastric ulcers in as little as four hours without having something trickling through their gut Um, because unlike us, humans only put acid into our stomach in response to us chewing. So when we eat, we produce stomach acid to digest that food, but horses produce stomach acid constantly. Mm-hmm. So if they're not chewing and creating a buffer and having forage in their stomachs to use that stomach acid, it builds up and it can burn them, burn them and give them gastric ulcers. So there's lots of reasons why having that forage trickling through all the time is is really important. Now, if your horse is able to hold weight on on the grass that that he or she is fed, then there's you know there's no need to to worry too much about feeding anything much else. It's only when we have horses who can't maintain weight on on grass that we need to look at feeding feeding hard feeds or extra calories. Okay. But what do we do when what do we do when there's no grass when we run out? Well, ideally, we feed grass hay. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to simply provide grass to the horse. And if there's none growing in the paddock, the next best thing is to get some that somebody cut while it was growing and stored it in a hay shed. Um, during drought, I know a lot of people are having difficulty sourcing even hay. And so some people are having to look at, at feeding a little bit of clean straw mixed through with maybe some loosened hay or some oaten hay or chaff. Um, even even some super fibers, which is not an ideal substitute for roughage, but but tough conditions call for compromise, and and sometimes that's the healthiest way we can keep the horse's gut um, with trickle with trickle roughage going through it. Okay, okay. Now the next point you've got is chaff, but isn't chaff just chopped up hay? Is chaff worth feeding? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, Horses actually prefer to chaff their own hay. Mm-hmm. It's better for them from a mental point of view. It's it's mentally healthy for horses to be chewing all the time. Um, the action of chewing long stems creates more saliva, which does play some role as a buffer in the stomach. 
and therefore in most instances chaff isn't is a way people can save money a lot of people are feeding horses chaff with a hard feed when those horses already have plenty of grass in the paddock or they're feeding plenty of hay so if your horse has got all the grass or all the hay he or she wants to eat there's not any any need to to feed chaff save you money yes yes however there are times when chaff is useful and and as I've just mentioned, sometimes it's the only the only forage you can buy during drought times and therefore, yes, grab it. It's it's worth feeding. If you have a horse with with poor teeth, either, you know, an old horse who's losing teeth or his teeth have worn smooth, um, then chaff is a very essential component of the diet because that's that's our main means of putting that healthy forage into those horses. It can also be used um, for horses as they're adapting to a new feed. Um, a lot of the super fibers, things like um, soy hulls or beet pulp, are not very tasty. So mixing some chaff through helps helps them um, get used to the taste of it. And sometimes you can wean them off it. Other horses always need to have a little bit of chaff in those feeds for them to accept them. Mm-hmm. Um, and even even a, a say you've got a weanling who's never eaten grain before. Sometimes they don't actually recognise it as food. So adding adding chaff can help those horses uh, learn how to eat those hard feeds that you want to feed. Okay. The, the other time, the other time, there's one other time when I think chaff is probably worth feeding, and that is if you've got a horse who really scoffs feed down and and is at risk of choke. So in, in those circumstances, using some sort of a mesh to limit how much they can actually take in a bite helps um, or adding chaff or putting some big bricks in the bottom of the feeder so that they have to use their lips and sort of move the food around and, and hopefully take smaller bites and chew them before swallowing. Yep. But right. I, think, I think in a lot of cases, chaff is a, is a great thing you can cut out of your horse's feed to save money. And I think that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, if we can feed our horse better for less. Mm. Mm. Okay, now you've got using hard feeds to add calories and protein, but only when necessary. Yeah, that's right. So you're not a bad owner if you don't give your horse a hard feed if your horse is overweight. Mm. You do need to give your horse uh, the vitamins and minerals that the that the main diet the forage isn't providing Um, and even the best grass in the world doesn't provide all the minerals that a horse needs to have optimum an optimum diet Um, there won't always be large deficiencies but the minerals need to be balanced in relation to each other and so a mineral supplement is is pretty much always necessary but it doesn't need to be fed as part of a large hard feed so um, if you're feeding a good doer and your horse is maintaining weight on grass or hay or whatever the form of forage is that you've got access to, you don't have to be then giving a, a big bucket full of feed once or twice a day to be looking after your horse well. In fact, if you're doing that and your horse is getting overweight, you're you're not looking after your horse well. Yes. So, so. Use hard feeds by all means, but only feed as much as you need to feed to keep your horse in in the right body condition. Um, Protein is probably worth a mention too. 
Um, so one of the so the, the two main roles of hard feeds in the diet are to add energy calories or to add protein. Most mature horses grazing reasonable grass or with access to decent hay will get more than enough protein and more than enough amino acids to allow them to build muscle, maintain muscle and keep their bodies keep their bodies um, in good shape. But if the horse is pregnant or um, you're feeding a lactating mare and a growing foal, then you will need to add a protein supplement of some sort with your hard feed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's um, part of what I was describing at the beginning where I was saying you need to understand what the components of your feed are and yep. why why you need to feed the different the different parts. So yes, only only use a hard feed if you have to. Okay, and if then, you don't have to, save your money. <laughs> and then the other thing you talked about before was if your horse is in good condition, but sometimes it's recognising it, isn't it? So that's point number six: is to become an expert at assessing your horse's body condition and change those hard feeds accordingly. Yeah, that's right. So we have some tools to help us do this. There are various systems um, for body condition scoring. And body condition scoring is where you uh, feel the fat deposits on your horse, you look at the fat deposits on your horse and you compare them up against a standard scale. Some of these are a five-point scale, some of them are a seven or a nine-point scale. The Henneke body condition scoring scale is one of the most popular ones and if you search that um, on the internet, you'll find really good diagrams that help describe different body conditions of horses from very poor right through to obese. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting skill to become an expert in body condition scoring. You can talk to your friends about, you know, my, my horse is a five, and if they say to you, well, my horse is, is scoring four, I, I'd like to put a bit more weight on, you can picture that in your head. But it's not always easy for you and your friend to both be able to score to exactly the same level. In most cases, though, that really doesn't matter. The key part is that you know whether your own horse is gaining weight or losing weight. And and if it's gaining weight that, that you don't want the horse to be gaining or if it's losing weight, that you don't want the horse to lose, it's then understanding how to change the feed in response to that so that you keep your horse the right weight. So it can be a a useful exercise to get into the habit of jotting down into a diary once a fortnight, maybe once a week, what your horse's body condition score is so that you can just keep track of it over time. And you would expect in spring that you might start to see some changes as as the grasses change in our paddocks at the change of season. If you're an equestrian coach or a horse riding instructor, or even if you aspire to be one, have a look at the free video series for horse riding instructors on the Horse Chats website. Go there now. Have a look. Horsechats.com. The next thing you've got is providing the vitamins and minerals your horse needs to improve fuel efficiency. Yeah, so it's interesting, isn't it? You can actually save money on your horse feeds by buying a supplement and adding it to the diet. When a horse is not um, getting all the minerals and vitamins that it needs to meet its its basic requirements, 
it's it can still be alive. It can even have a shiny coat and look quite healthy um, if there are oil, enough oils in the grass. But what you'll find is that when the mineral balance of the diet is corrected, everything about the horse's bodily function becomes more efficient. They're able to produce the enzymes they need to digest their food properly, to perform different different functions in their body. So the whole body starts to work the way that the body was designed to. And it usually means that it works more efficiently. There's less waste. It's not uncommon for someone who's been um, feeding a performance horse quite a, a high grain diet to be able to halve it once they correct the mineral balance okay. of that diet. And it's and it's just feed use efficiency. It's it's just providing the right fuel so that you're not wasting any any of the, the hard feed that's going into the body. Yep, yep. And another thing you've got here for efficiency, this is point number eight, is live yeast. Yes. So live yeast is a is a form, a very effective form of, of probiotics. Um, and when when fed they allow the, the hindgut microbes to to their fullest, I suppose. Um, particular hindgut microbes that we're trying to encourage are the ones that digest fiber. So when your horse is eating all that roughage that that forms the basis of the diet, um, some of it the horse can digest, but there are parts of of plants that horses or any mammals are unable to digest. And those indigestible forms of of fiber become fermented by by the friendly bacteria or the, the hindgut microbes anyway um, in the gut. So it's almost like getting something for nothing. If those gut bacteria and and it's not only bacteria, there's a whole host of species of of um, microbial organisms that live in the horse's gut, but they're living there. If we nurture them a little bit, they actually digest the parts of the grass that our horses can't digest and they turn it into free calories. Okay. So the live the addition of live yeast probiotics basically gives us something for nothing in terms of in terms of nutrition. You've really got quite a few tips here already, but the next one we're going on to is about premix feeds because premix feeds are there, I suppose, because they're there, they're handy. It's a it's already made up, and I suppose people, if they're looking for a balanced diet, they just go to a premix feed, but. You're talking a little bit about not feeding a premix feed to make it more financially efficient. Yes, it, it can be. It can be more more cost effective to move away from a premixed feed. Um, if you're lucky enough that your horse needs the exact amount of the, of a good quality premixed feed, the exact amount that the that the bag recommends you feed. So if you have a 500 kilo horse in light work, and the the bag says that that you should be feeding, um, say, four kilos a day. If your horse holds the right weight on four kilos a day, then you're really lucky because the horse's diet probably is very well balanced if it's a well-formulated pre-mixed feed, um, and that's very convenient. What happens a lot of the time, though, is uh, the horse's workload might change or you might have another horse who's a very good doer or the grass might change in quality and all of a sudden that horse doesn't need four kilos a day anymore in fact it's going off its rocker on on one kilo a day 
And so you drop the amount of hard feed down so that the horse doesn't gain unwanted weight. But when you've dropped the calories of the pre-mixed feed down to the right level, you've also dropped the vitamin and mineral pre-mix that is part of that feed down to a quarter of what it needs to be to meet your horse's needs. So you therefore need to top up with with a vitamin and mineral supplement. Mm -hmm. So it means then that every time you increase or decrease the calorie intake of a pre-mixed feed, you have to read a mineral supplement you need to add to keep your horse's diet well balanced from a vitamin and mineral perspective. Yes, yes, and you've got to work the maths out for that. That's right, that's right. And so it's become very much a part of our our horse-owning culture, I think, that a good owner feeds a good pre-mixed feed. And many people are surprised to learn that you don't have to feed a pre-mixed feed to feed a really good diet. You can make it up from the components that would have gone into that pre-mixed feed anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you've been feeding a barley-based pre-mixed feed, when you look at the ingredients list, it might be barley and a little bit of full-fat soy or some sort of protein meal. Um, Some of them have got some loosened chaff mixed through them. Some of them have got some lupin hulls. And then it'll come down and 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 list some of the vitamins and minerals that are are in the diet. Um, there's, There's no reason why you can't buy some, the key components of that feed and feed them separately. And that way... Uh, when you need to feed more or less calories in a larger or a smaller hard feed, you can do that independently of the vitamin and mineral supplement. Yep. So if your horse needs, say, 60 grams a day of a good quality vitamin and mineral supplement, that really isn't going to change very much for a mature horse. Um, even even as the workload increases, the, the change is minimal. Um, and yet the amount of, of calories your horse is going to burn if the workload increases drastically can be very large. So it gives you independence of, from the calories to the mm-hmm. vitamin and mineral supplement. And that's just, that is convenient too in its own way. You don't have to do the maths all the time. You don't have to go and consult with a nutritionist and say, hey, can you balance this diet again? I've I've had to make another change this week. Yeah, yeah. And, and in a lot of instances, it's actually cheaper to purchase yes. those those in, ingredients separately and, and put them together yourself. Yep. All right. Now, the last one is about, um, you know, if we're getting the base diet right, about hoof and top-line supplements. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So a lot of people feed their horses a pretty good diet, but then they think that they also need to add maybe a hoof supplement um, or or a top-line supplement. My argument is that if you provide your horse with everything that it needs to meet the nutritional requirements that the that the scientists have said your horse has, then that that diet is also providing everything that your horse needs to grow healthy hooves and mane and coat and tail um, and muscles. So quite often there's a saving to be made in removing some of those extra things from the diet because they aren't necessary anymore when the whole diet is well balanced and well formulated. Okay. I think that's great. You've certainly given us some tips there to help us feed horses better for less. Do you want to just run through them quickly again? If I say them, just maybe the main point of them? Yes, certainly. Number one is know your horse's nutritional requirements. 
Yeah, so just knowing exactly what your horse needs to have a healthy diet, how much protein, how much calories, and each of the individual vitamin and mineral nutrients. Okay. Um, Analyse the current diet so you can work out how to improve it. So you need to use some sort of software to compare what those nutrient um, values are of of what you're feeding now and how that compares to what your horse's ideal nutrient intake is. Good. Next one is about forage, feeding forage. So forage is, is usually just about what we think about as, as being free. If it's grass, if there's not enough grass, you need to be trying to provide grass hay. Um, under dire circumstances, go with chaff or something else during drought times, but the majority of your horse's diet should be grass. Okay. And and if your horse isn't ever, we should have said this earlier actually, if your horse isn't ever running out of grass, if you've got a constant supply of, of grass or hay from the same farm, it's a good idea to do a, a mineral analysis of that forage so that you have an even more accurate understanding of how well your horse's current diet matches up against the nutritional requirements. Okay, and you said chaff, so um, what can we learn about chaff? So in most cases, we don't need to feed chaff. Many mm-hmm. of us can save money straight away by not buying chaff or by feeding a little more hay rather than chaff. Okay, the hard feeds. So the, the key to, to hard feeding is only to feed when necessary. You're not a bad owner if you don't give your horse an, a hard feed if he's already holding weight. Yep. So if your horse is gaining weight, um, feed less hard feed. If your horse is losing weight, feed more hard feed. All right. And assessing body horse's body condition. So that relates very closely to the size of the hard feed. Become your own expert at analysing whether your horse needs to gain weight or lose weight or stay the same. The sooner you make small adjustments to your horse's intake to match its calorie requirements, the less drastic the feed changes need to be and also the less drastic the impact is on your horse's health. All right. Now, uh, number seven is providing vitamins and minerals. That's right. So remember that even if your horse doesn't need a hard feed, it will always need vitamins and minerals to balance the diet. Mm-hmm. When when the diet is well balanced, when the minerals are all fed in the right relationships with each other, your horse is quite likely to become more fuel efficient, which can mean that you need to feed even less hard feed. And it often results in a saving even greater than the cost of the the investment you made in a good quality vitamin and mineral supplement. Good. And the live yeast, is that another investment? Yeah, live yeast is, is another investment to just boost the hindgut microbial population so that they give you even more uh, calories for nothing when they convert the indigestible part of the, the forage into, into volatile fatty acids, which is a calorie source that your horse can utilise. Okay. Now, pre-mix feeds, talk about that. So many people are surprised to learn that you don't have to feed a pre-mixed feed. You can make up your own very well-balanced diet that's really easy to adjust from two or three key ingredients um, and a good quality vitamin and mineral supplement with salt. Okay. And then um, if we're getting the correct diet light, right, the hoof and top line supplements. They're just not needed anymore. The The base diet should be well-balanced. It should be meeting all your horse's nutritional requirements 
And when it is, it is providing your horse everything needed to grow healthy and strong muscles when it's combined with the right work. Yep. I think, Larissa, that's quite a bit there to save money, you know, and I think, as you say, if we can save the money, especially in drought if it's expensive and uh, the cost is becoming prohibitive, um, or even yeah. for those people that say, right, I've got a certain amount of money to feed on my horse, they can sort of juggle that around and say, right, well, I'm saving money here. I can, you know, spend money here and get this done. Somewhere else. That, that's right. And, you know, there's a, there's a hidden benefit to... Um, with these cost savings if they've come about as well with an, an improvement in diet. And that's, you know, akin to the apple a day keeps the doctor away. Mm, when mm. your horse is fed a well-balanced ration, you're less likely to have uh, medical issues that are going to lead to needing veterinary attention. Yeah, good. Larissa, thanks again for talking to us. Valuable time and thank you very much for the information. We look forward to talking to you again sometime soon. Thank you very much. My pleasure and I'll catch you at Equitana. Okay, will do. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 